Welcome. You are listening to Central Synagogue's podcast, featuring sermons, lectures, and conversations from Manhattan's historic Central Synagogue. I'm Rabbi Angela Bookdahl. Each week, we invite you to listen to messages of strength and hope given by our clergy on Shabbat or Jewish holidays. You can also listen to audio recordings of other programs and lectures given at Central by subscribing to this podcast on the platform of your choice. If you'd like to watch our live stream services or learn more about our congregation, I invite you to visit us at centralsynagogue.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. And raise me up to a world living, oh, safe from the storm, in the shelter of your shadow. So this Shabbat, the Shabbat before Purim, is a special Shabbat. It's called Shabbat Zachor, the Sabbath of remembrance. Zachor, Zachor is perhaps one of the most powerful verbs in the entire Hebrew Bible. Yosef Chaim Yerushalmi notes that it appears in the Hebrew Scripture in various forms at least 169 times. And usually the subject is God or Israel. Just to give you a sampling of some of those, remember Shabbat and keep it holy. Remember the covenant. Remember the day you went free from Egypt. Remember that you were a slave. Remember the long way that Adonai made you travel in the wilderness. Remember, remember, remember. Memory and remembrance are as necessary to Jews as the air that we breathe. So on this Shabbat, Shabbat Zachor, what do we remember? It must be important if we have a whole Shabbat devoted to it. Well, we as a people are storytellers, so of course on this Shabbat we remember a story, not just any story, a specific story. On this Shabbat we read a special selection from Deuteronomy, even though we're nowhere near it. It begins like this course. Zachor. Remember. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way you came out of Egypt. So let's fulfill that obligation and actually tell the story of what it was that Amalek did. We had just left Egypt, a swarm of slaves becoming a free people, And our revelry at the shores of the sea were complete, so we began marching toward the promised land. When another nation, Amalek, spied us marching. They believed they could catch us unawares, and so they attacked us from behind. This we are commanded to remember. But what makes Amalek so special? We were attacked by many different nations while we wandered. Do we remember Amalek because they were the first or because they were the fiercest? No. Amalek is singled out by the tradition because they attacked our rear flank. And as a people marches, who is at the back of the caravan? Those who are the slowest and can't keep pace. Children, elders, the sick. 
That is who the cowards Amalek targeted, the most vulnerable, the least capable of defending themselves. Remember this, our tradition commands. But what is it exactly that we are supposed to take away from such a terrible tale? Telling a story is easy. Understanding a story is hard. The common explanation is that in telling this story on this Shabbat, the tradition is priming us to stand vigilant against those who would take advantage of us. There is a teaching that in each generation, Amalek arises anew. Therefore, remember Amalek. There is always someone waiting to pounce upon you. Keep up your guard. This understanding of the story is seductive. It has a clear protagonist, us, and a clear antagonist, Amalek. And any storyteller knows that the narrative always goes down best when the listeners identify themselves with the hero. But is the point of this whole Shabbat really to remind us that there are always those who despise Jews simply because we're Jewish? Between Purim and Pesach, and Hanukkah, and Tisha B'Av, and now Yom HaShoah, do we really need another date on the Jewish calendar to remind us that there are always those who are ready to hate Jews? And is such a simple understanding of this story so sensible? Most of the time, Torah isn't simple. So if the story seems straightforward, we ought to ask ourselves, what are we missing? Have we read deeply enough? What questions remain unasked? And when we interrogate this text, disturbing questions begin to bubble up. Why were the most vulnerable of the entire community alone and at the rear? Why were they unprotected? Whose fault was it that the children, the elders, people with physical disabilities, and the ill were so recklessly unprotected. Of course Amalek is wicked, and of course Amalek ought not to have assaulted Israel. Of course it is wrong to attack the defenseless, but do we really expect any better of our enemies? On this Shabbat, perhaps the tradition is asking us to remember not Amalek's cruelty, which we ought to expect, but our own, which should shock us. After all, who lets children become stragglers rather than slow their own pace to hold their hand? And what kind of people allow elders to stagger alone in the back rather than lend a shoulder for them to lean on and support them? What does it say about a nation if the vigorous leave the vulnerable to fend for themselves? Why didn't the strong Israelites surround the vulnerable. It seems the strong, healthy, adult Israelites just couldn't be inconvenienced. They couldn't be bothered. Perhaps they wondered why they should have to change the way they walked in the world for the sake of someone at risk. Or perhaps they were just too busy marching forward, eagerly anticipating that good world that lay ahead to look back and see that there were some being left behind. Either way, by leaving the most exposed, unaided, and undefended, the Israelites showed them in this moment to be hard-hearted. 
One can be actively cruel, like Amalek. However, Zachor, remember, the Israelites demonstrate we can be just as cruel through passive callousness. We learned at a great price that day what happens to a society when everyone looks after themselves and themselves alone. And the lifeless bodies of the babes and the grandparents and the sick surely served as a terrible testament to a hard-won truth, which is that the difference between being a multitude and being a nation is what we are willing to sacrifice for one another's well-being. By instituting this special Shabbat, our tradition asks us to remember a community, a congregation, inconveniences itself for the sake of its members' well-being. And if we cannot transcend our self-interest when we are called to safeguard and support our neighbor, we cannot call ourselves people of faith. And we certainly can't call ourselves Jews. Henry Slanimsky, a teacher of generations of rabbis, summed up beautifully and brilliantly what it means to be a religious person. He said that a religious person is someone who actively and willingly bears the burdens of being responsible for others. And that is the charge of this Shabbat. Zachor, remember how we failed to protect our own. And let us resolve to be better custodians of one another. And I'd always praise your name. Thank you for listening to this edition of Central Synagogue's podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you're in the loop on future episodes. And please follow us on social media or watch our live stream at centralsynagogue.org our Facebook page, or on national cable at the Jewish Broadcasting Service. Thanks again for joining us. Elohim,